everyone's all just wet and like miserable but i couldn't feel my feet but like it's one of those things right that we did it and no one could take nothing that away nothing is ever as bad like now i camp more and i hike more whenever i i like go somewhere that's considered more extreme yeah i tell someone i camped at the top of i camped on the top of Cholotunga. yeah in a half tent that wasn't even a tent that was a teepee do you remember that yes it wasn't a teepee we made it into a tent and put rocks on like the corners to make it stay there was no ground there was no ground it wasn't for seven people welcome to this special travel edition of the it's not that deep podcast i'm your host deepak sharma and for this episode i sit down with my friend bantu in the beautiful city of seattle bantu and i met while we were both studying on an international exchange program in norway we talk a lot about that experience and how it shaped us and forced us to step outside of our comfort zone and try new things. We talk about some of our fun experiences abroad as well as our shared passion for travel. As Bantu is a management consultant for Accenture, we also discuss balancing a life in corporate America as well as pursuing a free-spirited lifestyle. I hope you enjoy the podcast and remember, it's not that deep. Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, Bantu. Really nice to have you on. Happy to be here. It's uh, so awesome. We've been talking about it for a little while, and this is a special edition. I'm happy that you're the first person to be on like the travel edition of the podcast. Um, we haven't seen each other in a while. It's been a couple Two years, years now. Yeah, a couple years now, and um, super nice to see you in your city, Seattle. Beautiful out here. Love it. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me, hosting me, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk, like, it's uh, it's not that deep, it's not really, like, we don't okay. have any kind of, like, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about anything, but we don't have to cover anything in particular, but let's just start with how we know each other, like, we met a couple of years ago, we mm-hmm. were uh, very fortunate to be able to go on uh, international exchange together, yep. and um that was quite a life-changing experience for me, and I assume for you as well. Yeah. Uh, we got to we got to get out and explore uh, way beyond our normal horizons of you know Pacific America for you and for me uh, uh, Ottawa, Ontario. <laughs> so it, it was a it was a very interesting experience, and um, yeah, talk to me about it for you. What, how did it feel for you? Um, I would say that whole year was pretty life-changing because that was my second study abroad. So I think it was less so being in a different country. It was more so living in a whole different environment yeah. and a whole other language. Yeah. Uh, studying in a different school yeah. that was foreign. That was really right. nice. Because you went to University of Washington. Yes. Yeah. I went to business school in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they teach business very differently abroad. And yeah. that was it's really nice to like have that different perspective and bring it back. Yeah. I did have some um, advantage when I went through recruiting about my exchange. Yeah. Because it is so rare for people, at least from my university, to study abroad in Norway. Well, yeah. Why would and, they leave here, right? Like. Well, people t- <laughs> typically go to like Italy, Spain. Those are the biggest. Yeah. areas that people did their exchange at. I actually, well, you went to Norway. Which is like, so, funny story. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was going to go on exchange. Like That wasn't in my four-year plan. Okay. So, it's 
probably a long story, but no, go for it. When I went to university, I went through the non-traditional route. Um, I did college for two years in high school, mm-hmm. so I racked up a hundred credits. I'm okay. not sure if you understand. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's There's a lot. There's a cap at ninety credits to e- enter. Each credit is like it's like three credits for each a class. Each class is five credits. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, I had, I had a lot. Like 20 class already taken so I came care. in with junior standing. Okay. And I wanted to study business. And I was a freshman. And our business school is really competitive. So you have to apply to get in and okay. get a certain GPA in a range of classes, have mm. extracurriculars. You have to take a test, actually. Oh, shit. Uh, so it's like <laughs> English writing test. I really think they only use it to weed out people who are like, bad at it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You have to take that test. Uh-huh. and You don't want too many foreign students. Well, it's just, there's not enough spots. So mm. the school is pretty big. I think it's as big as the University of Ottawa. There's okay. like 50,000 people. Okay. And there's only room for about like 1,000 business students. Oh, shit. And it's very, like undergrad, like 1,000. And it's I, very competitive. I didn't competitive. know like business school itself before even getting in was that competitive like that's it nuts. is yeah. especially at the top public schools in the u.s i think it's really similar to similar structure to have to apply to get in yeah so i and our acceptance rate was 30 percent oh shit yeah it's that's nuts what the fuck? yeah so <laughs> business computer science engineering yeah. informatics those are the top like majors or departments to get into at uw yeah so people go to the university First, they overcome the hurdle of getting into university, and then your first two years, you're taking those prerequisites, you're doing those extracurriculars, you're taking those tests to get into your ideal major yeah. in your third year. Holy and that's shit. not even a guarantee, and you've already so invested So the first two years. two years are not even, like, you're not specialized yet, it's general. No, general. Oh, that's interesting. That's very different than how we have it. It's like, uh, at least for Ontario, you kind of have to pick the program you want by, like, grade 11. You gotta have of a, high school. Yeah, like you gotta have an idea. Grade eleven, latest grade twelve, but like less chance, something like that, uh, to get in. But it's nowhere near so as your competitive first day, at my school. But so your first day at university, you're like, I'm gonna be a business student, and then I'm gonna do this. No, and you're <laughs> there's like, there's no obstacles. No, no, you're like, I'm gonna be a, a business student with a specialization in accounting, or I'm gonna be a business. You student. know that that early, and you well, can do it. Yeah, but wow. like you need to like people switch all the time for that reason because mm-hmm. how are you going to ask a 16 year old to make that big ass decision yeah. for the rest of their life like oh i want to be an accountant well okay why do you want to be an accountant well my parents are accountants well like do you want to be an accountant so me i didn't really know where i found that so i did international business okay which to me i just always loved travel and i've always loved um, business mm-hmm. but i'm like I'm going to just combine the two and this is going to be it. And that's like an actual specialization in business? Yeah. Okay. Which is weird uh, because you have to go on an exchange. So I had to go. I had to choose somewhere to go. I knew this. Uh, And I was super excited for it. So We have a similar um, kind of program, but... International business is not considered an actual like core business specialization it's at not. our school. It's not. It's, it's very not it's accounting, very fluffy. finance. Yeah, information systems, yeah. marketing. Well, even marketing, like some of them, like they don't regard as like the core. Really? Like, yeah, it's weird. But, anyways. It's crazy. Um, I feel like having graduated and worked in like the corporate world, I view marketing with much more value than I did as a student. Right. Yeah. It's like I mean, not to sound cheesy, but marketing is everything. 
It is. Everything is marketing. And robots can't take it. That's well, true. they can. They can take some parts of it. But they can. The they can automate things and make things easier. And they can try to, like, I mm-hmm. guess AI could develop something that, from data, figure out what we like and present that. Like Netflix, I bet, does a lot of that. They, they do. They mine all the things that people like and they make shows that people are going to like for sure which like it happens for sure but no one's ever going to be able to replace a human's ability to be creative true that'll never that's all we got at the end of the day most things can be automated you can't automate a like i was at the art gallery here today and i was Mm -hmm. looking at some of these the the seattle art museum what was it called yeah the sam yeah the sam okay i love how you call it the sam because that's great (laughs) Uh, and I'm there and I'm just looking at some of these pieces and some of them are, I'm not going to lie to you, super obscure. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Which one are you talking about? I was looking at the one where it's this big ass canvas with a bunch of tools mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And it pops out like hammers, a sledgehammer, an axe, and it's all painted. And I, I couldn't stop staring at it. <laughs> I couldn't stop. like And like I'm like, this is art because I don't get it, but I, I get it. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, this is so cool. Like this is there's so much going on here. There's so much energy, so much passion. There's mm-hmm. so much like but I'm and not that was an experience that was created by a human. Exactly. Yeah. You you could try to get a three D printer to try to replicate it, but you you'll be able to tell. Yeah. Like so anyways. Okay, let me I'll, finish. So, yeah, yeah. Where did I stop? Yeah, I came into the school with a ton of credits and I was like, I'm gonna study business. But if you come in with junior standing they make you declare a major okay in order to stay you can't just be undeclared and have that many credits because they're going to be like by a third year yes but i came in during winter quarter of my freshman year okay so they didn't really consider me a freshman okay so i was even though i was a freshman yeah so i had to declare a major within a couple quarters and that so that second quarter i declared chid which is called comparative history of ideas okay just temporarily because I love the department there's really cool people in there and it's an interdisciplinary major I did not study that obviously I didn't take I took one class okay and then I applied to the business school and I did not get in oh wow and I was like well what am I gonna do uh-huh. I have all these credits I don't want to study anything else I can't study anything else because all my prerequisites are for business if I want to do econ I have to go back and take like different prerequisites and that would delay me even longer and I yeah. didn't want to go to a different school so I took one quarter off. We took accounting and I got four pinos in that. And then I came back and that sophomore year, I was like super dedicated. I joined a business fraternity. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get into business school and I'm gonna <laughs> become a leader in my fraternity. So I was trying to go for this master of rituals position. Okay. So I was super involved that year in my fraternity. I was a pledge educator. I just did a lot. And then that spring, was when you did your little speech and you're like, okay, um, I could be, I'll be the perfect person for this position for my, su- like the subsequent year, for junior year. And I didn't get it. No way. And I was like, honestly, the top contender up until this other guy came in last minute because he just wanted to be in leadership, mm-hmm. but he would have been horrible for that position. Okay. So the position of master of rituals is like, you're the person that lays down the law. For like, all the fraternity, for all the like different groups? Yeah, for the entire fraternity, like 80 different people. 
Like, you make sure... Imagine, like, they're, like, the legal team. Okay. And they're supposed to be very stern, make yeah. sure everyone's following all the rules. Um, at the time, I was, like, a rule, like, follower, and mm-hmm. I was intimidating <laughs> for the pledges. They were so intimidated by me when I was a pledge educator. I, I bet. They were scared of me. Even after I was no longer their pledge educator, they were still scared of me. I'm like, yeah. I'm chill. It's okay. Yeah. Get to know me, but follow yeah. the rules. <laughs> I would have been perfect for that position, but... Didn't get it. I'm very happy I didn't get it. I was really upset for about two days. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm in the business school. I forgot to mention that part. I got in that spring as well. Okay. I'm in the business school. I don't technically have to be on campus for the entire year of my third year. And at that point, I had already signed up for a shorter term study abroad. It was three weeks. I thought that I wouldn't be able to do an exchange. And I've always wanted to do one. My sister did one in Morocco and she loved it. Like that was the highlight of her university experience but I didn't think that I could do it because I want to be a leader and I had to get those credits and take the classes I need to get to graduate. And so- Where'd you go for those three weeks? London. London? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. How was that experience? That was really fun. Yeah? But let me get to the point. Let me finish okay, the story yeah. of how I got to Norway. So those two days I was really upset and I was like, I don't have to be here. And I saw that there were still um, schools that were accepting exchanges and there was only four I could choose from. Okay. That was NHH, WHU in Germany, some school in the Czech Republic, I think the University of Economics or something, and then another one in Germany. Copenhagen? I forgot the oh, name. No. no, that one filled up quick. Yeah. I and had so that on out my of list. all those four, because we have exchanges with like maybe 15 schools, but those all filled up quick. Okay. So out of those four, I'm like, I'm going to choose Norway because I've never been to Scandinavia and it sounds cool. Yeah. And I was one of two people that went. So you went because it sounded cool. Yeah. And I've never been to Scandinavia. (laughs) That's amazing. And I was like, they have super cool, like, laws are super inclusive. And at that point, I had really wanted to work for nonprofits. Right. So I just talked about how Scandinavia is, like, the ideal standard. Well, I'm surprised that um, your university only had partnerships with, like, 15 schools. It wasn't a university exchange. It was a business school direct exchange. Business school direct exchange. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Like, to me, I just think, like, university, business school, whatever. Same thing, but it's not. It's Mm -mm. different. It's a different school. Okay, I get that now. So only, like, 15 universities. That might not be the exact number, but business school direct Because, like, my my school had, like, I mean, this is probably, like, one positive thing I can really say about my Mm -hmm. business school, Telfer. Um, and Marie Andre, she went there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is that we have like hundreds of options? Like I could have gone from uh, like Australia to like. Did it have to be a business school? Yeah, ha- these are partnerships oh, wow. with. Like, uh, I think that's one thing they really like stress. Is it a public school? What do you mean? Like, is Telfair a public? School? Like, is a university public? It's not private. So it's public. I guess <laughs> if it's not private, it's public. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Maybe that's why. Anyways. Yeah, I would say our school tends to choose the more, they tend to have exchanges with the more bougie schools, if that makes uh, sense. I guess, I guess, Like the, yeah. the, the private schools of the other, of the other countries. The, the top ranked kind of proper Not ranks. necessarily top ranked, but like top N- NHH isn't private. It's not. Neither is my school, but it's yeah. just how, it's how it worked it's out. It's just how it worked out. Yeah. That's super dope. And I think that's like bringing it back a bit like having the chance to go on exchange not once Mm -hmm. but twice for you i think like for me it had a huge impact on how i am day to day not only did like we make amazing friends like lifelong friends and like uh 
you know, we got like, yeah, we studied, but I don't like, I can't really tell you anything that I learned. Those classes were so easy. They were a joke. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I only had to get 50% to pass. So no, we had to, okay. We were not pass or fail. Yeah. We were actually getting graded, Uh huh. which was unlike all the other exchange students, but yeah. there was, this is the funniest part. So the, the actual, um, like exchange rate or whatever of the grades was super lenient. Yeah. So a D was considered a 3.0. Oh, wow. And an A was obviously a 4.0 and then a B was a 3.7. Okay. And to get a 3.7 at my school is so hard. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't think I've even gotten a 3.7 like in that's, the last two years. It's hard, huh? It's You would have to hard. live in the library. Not even <laughs> that with the curb, it's very hard. Yeah. That, wow. Like you could get 95% on all your tests, but if everyone else gets 95%, you're going to get like a 3.1. Wow. They have to curve it down. They have to make their average lower. But, not but anyways, gets it was an, so easy. Not everyone gets a 95, though. So doesn't it usually just benefit people who are doing worse? It does. Well, More than bring if the people class who is very easy, down? it penalizes everyone who's doing good. Yeah. And it makes it even worse if you're doing bad. If the class, yeah. is, class is hard, that makes sense. it makes yeah. it easier for everyone to do well. Yeah. So we went on exchange. We like We did so much. We got to like... We were there for six months, so six months is a little bit more than I was the actually three weeks. away from home for eight months. Eight months. You did eight? I think, yeah, I did seven. So but I left yeah. before Christmas. I left, like, December 11th. Right. So did you come straight to Norway? No. Okay. I was just looking for the cheapest ticket to Europe. Uh-huh. And that was a one-way from Vancouver to Barcelona. Okay. Wow. So my I parents think drove me up London. to Vancouver, and they're like, bye. That's so funny. <laughs> and that ticket was $200. That's nuts. That's, That's like nice. cheaper than going from Seattle to New York. No, like, first of all, like, I'm cheesed because I paid so much for a one-way ticket. Because Canada, like, we have to pay a lot more for our airports. So I'm surprised you went to Vancouver and, like, got something. Vancouver has really good international flights Inter yeah, compared I, to Seattle and Portland. I guess. That's pretty awesome. I'm on the other side of the country in, like, a in between Toronto and Montreal. So it's not a major airport. So every ticket to everywhere is like an extra 250 bucks. Yeah, that makes sense. And it sucks. It's like, well, I'm not going to drive to Montreal. I've done this before. How long is the drive? It's only like from like where I live, like two hours, two and a half hours max away. Oh my gosh, that's not bad. So then how far is Toronto? Four, four and a half. Wait, I'm so confused. So I'm in Ottawa. I'm in between. So like... Oh, yeah, because yeah. Toronto's... Yeah, it's, yeah. Toronto's okay, Ottawa's in west. between the two. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's get back on track for a second. But um, yeah, so I thought it was a very powerful experience and we learned a lot, but also got to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. We got to do a lot of things that like were out of my comfort zone for sure. Like I would not have done these things. Um, one one example of that was when we did the whole Troll Tunga oh, yeah. hike. That was nuts. And for people who are listening who have no idea what that is, there's this, um, there's this big ass rock in Norway that hangs above uh, this beautiful fjord and that's like an opening with the water bet with the, between the mountains and shit and it's just so breathtaking and beautiful you gotta google it troll tunga I think it literally translates to like the troll's tongue mm -hmm. right and so we did this hike and it was so intense like the first I think the first couple hours you're just going like straight up like we had to climb up for at oh, least the first the first kilometer yeah the first like kilometer was, was just steep like i remember just sweating and then 
I'm like removing layers. I'm like, yo, I thought it's supposed to be cold up here and shit. And, and we then, had our backpacks as we camped. Yes, exactly. Cause we we brought a lot of shit. Like we had to bring a lot of shit because we camped. I remember going up and I'm just like, yo, like that was hard. But now I'm sweating and hot. Like let's tackle it. And then it's like winter now, and a foot of snow, for like. There was more than a foot. It was like three or four feet. Yeah, every step I took, I'd fall. Were you wearing hiking boots? I was wearing hiking boots, but Same. I'm just a big-ass motherfucker. We needed snowshoes, but we <laughs> yes. didn't have snowshoes. No snowshoes, so like ill-prepared in that manner. But I remember just like, just being so like, I always uh, thought of myself to be as someone who's like relatively fit. Like mm -hmm. I, I could hike. Like what is hiking? Walking up a hill? Are you dumb? Um, no, hiking's that a lot a more than Canadian that. That is a very Canadian phrase. Are you dumb? Yes. <laughs> That's very, very Canadian. That's so funny. I love hearing that because to me it's just a normal phrase. I, in I've day -to -day. only heard that when I visited my cousin in Toronto. <laughs> I even have a list of all the like Toronto <laughs> slang and that's on it. I could add to it. That's funny. Um, anyways, I remember going up the hill and I'm thinking, okay, it was probably just a few of these little like ascents like mm -hmm. you just gotta go really hard for like, uh, like a few hundred meters and then like yeah we'll be there nah man every single time we would go up like this crazy ski hill of a mountain walking up taking breaks changing socks eating snacks just like just like a nightmare you would get to the like what you think is the top and it just be like 10 more of those that you can see and every time you get to the top of that, there's like another like, I was just like, I remember climbing with Mariana and she's with me okay. the whole time. And we're just dying the whole time, just complaining the whole time. Like I wasn't even trying to be positive. I was like, yo, this sucks, but I can't even turn back because that's worse. Were you scared at any point? Like when I think back, we were just literally, all we could see was mountain and snow. That's it. Every that's corner, we were just, like nothing. There's no civilization. Nothing. There was nothing. I didn't feel scared at any point. I don't. I know wasn't why. scared, but I think we were with so many people. How we, many were there? Seven. There's like seven of us. Yeah. There was eight. Maybe eight. We lost one. Remember? Wow. Yeah, Mike's <laughs> friend, Mike's buddy. He didn't even make it up the kilometer no. beginning part. He was like, yeah, he got sick. He couldn't handle it. I can't believe that. I you forgot, forgot about, about that. that. We had to send his ass home. Bro, that was the he's darkest He's in better thing. shape now. I'll give him that. Oh, no, I bet. But he said he's been dancing more bunga, so. Oh, yeah, I remember he does that. Yeah. Anyways, I'm probably going to see this guy yeah. in a couple of days when I go to Chicago. But anyways, that was hilarious because Mike's in a dilemma. Like, dude, I got to send you home. Like, I'm go not going to not go <laughs> on this hike that we all planned. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like, we had a great time. We got to the top. We camped there. It was super windy and cold, but, like, everyone was together, and we just made it work, and it was fine. The way down sucked too. <laughs> that was just annoying and oh wet. Oh my god! Everyone's all just wet and like miserable. But I couldn't feel my feet. But like it's one of those things, right? That we did it, and no one could take Nothing that away. Nothing is ever as bad. What do you mean? Like now I camp more and I hike more. Whenever I I like go somewhere that's considered more extreme. Yeah. I tell someone I camped at the top of, I camped on the top of Cholchunga. Yeah in a half tent that wasn't even a tent that was a teepee do that you remember was, that yes it wasn't a teepee we made it into a tent and put rocks on like the corners to make it stay there was no ground there was no ground it wasn't for seven people no i think it was maybe would comfortably fit three five yeah comfortably like 
Man, that was rough. I remember us just being in there. So nothing is as bad as that. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and I remember just like I remember walking down, and I was like, "Yo," <laughs> I was like, "I didn't bring like enough for this. I didn't like. I wish I brought like ten more layers of socks." But then at being at the bottom, I remember being like, "Yo, I brought way too much shit." I remember we had a bottle of whiskey that we opened up when we got in the tent, and that if it wasn't for that bottle of whiskey. I wouldn't have been able to sleep that night. It was so windy. It was so cold. We picked I wasn't probably. Cold. It was warm in there. Yo, it was it was warm because there was so much condensation. It was because disgusting. we were all so close to each other and shit. But like, it was yeah. cold out there. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. frigid. Like, I don't know if you remember. Like, you couldn't go outside. It was so windy and cold. Yeah, it was fucked. But um, I learned a lot about myself on that, um, and just in in general. And there wasn't water. Do you remember that? Yeah. There was no water. No. My the highlight of that was when so me and Mike were in the back. Yeah. And we got so friggin' thirsty. We finished all of my water. We were like rationing my blueberries. Uh-huh. And so the reason we didn't bring enough water was because our other friend was like, There's so much water there. Once you get to the top, there's just streams and whatever. Like don't you you don't need to bring water. But he did the hike in August. Oh, when there's flowing. Yeah, we yeah. did it in May, which was off season. Yeah. So there was just snow everywhere. Yeah. There was yeah. no water. None. And just it snow. got so bad. We were just so freaking thirsty. The snow wouldn't melt. We put it in my water bottle. It wouldn't melt. And then we saw sad. a puddle uh-huh. of water on a rock, like uh-huh. just melted snow. Okay. We drank it. <laughs> and that was some of the best water I've ever had in my life. It's <laughs> straight from a glacier, right? So. It was really good water. I remember just drinking the water in Norway in general. It was like straight from a glacier everywhere every hike that i did i i would usually just drink from the lake or like a stream mm-hmm. of water coming down because i think it's one of the only places like you can in the do world. that here of course you can but this is like <laughs> heaven on earth but most places most places you don't drink from the lake or from oh anywhere. you can't drink from the lake you can drink from like waterfalls on a hike yeah if it's yeah. moving fast Let's talk about Seattle a little bit. Like, I'm actually really excited about so being So, I have in a question city. for you, yeah. actually. What is this? What's the purpose of this trip? This trip? Is it, like, just a vacation? Literally, like, the whole trip? Like, what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I had some vacation time that I wanted to use up. And um, at first, I wanted to just do the typical, let me just go down south to Mexico or some all-inclusive mm-hmm. resort down south yeah uh, like dominican or cuba or something but i'm like yo like i could always do that i could always just go like it's very cheap to just fly down there and yeah. just get fucked up for eight days or whatever you go all inclusive everything's taken care of all your drinks but that's not traveling that's just going from that's vacation that's vacation that's going from your day-to-day life and just like drinking all the misery away and coming back more miserable. I love those trips. I've done a, a couple and they're really fun, but mm-hmm. you don't like get anything out of it. So you want I, something more enlightening? Well, yeah, not even enlightening. Like I use that word carefully. Literally like I, I I've always talked since I was a young kid about checking out the West Coast. I've this always This is your first time here. It's my first time here. Oh, wow. I've never done it. So I'm like I always make this little comparison to everybody I talk to when they ask, like, oh, have you been to Vancouver? Because, you know, you talk to people around the world, they know, like, three Canadian cities max, right? Mm-hmm. So when I tell them, like, I'm from Ottawa, 
they're like, huh? Blank face. Like, no idea what yeah. the fuck that is, right? So I'm like, um, it's near Toronto. They're like, oh, like, have you been to Vancouver? I'm like, no, I haven't. They're like, why? It's in the same country. Like, what's People wrong with you? I'm it. like, oh, you don't understand. It's on the so other far. side of the country, and it costs me more to fly to Vancouver than it does to Europe. Like, significantly more. In my wow. own country. But people don't realize how big Canada is. We have, like, That's five true. time zones. Like, it's a big-ass country. So, I've always just told myself, I'll go to Vancouver later. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out later. But I'm like, yo, I have this time now. And Mike hit me up. Okay. Because he wanted me to come down to Chicago for Labor Day weekend. So, I've been trying to think about, what should I do with this? Because I had the vacation time now. I can't take it later because I'm on a project. And, like, I can't. Like I can't take a vacation. And during. how much time do you have? Uh, total. Like, did you did you have before you went on the trip? I I took like I only took like seven or eight actual vacation days for mm-hmm. this. I think like maybe ten max. Oh, that's not bad. Because like I used it with the holiday and blah blah blah. But anyways, mm-hmm. all that to say, like I really want to check out the West Coast. Wanted to see you. Wanted to see like my friend in um, Vancouver, mm-hmm. see his place, see what what's this place like? Could I maybe live there one day? Is it is it a nice vibe? What's the nature like? I you heard, should have stayed here longer. You didn't get to go to any of the islands. Ah, it's all good. Like I got to take that seaplane and I got to oh, see yeah. like a sick like view <laughs> of the islands and I I really loved it. I've been just experiencing cool shit. So we drove up um, past Whistler to Joffrey Lakes mm-hmm. and like really beautiful water like super nice hike like mm-hmm. really just like nice it was just like nice to do outdoorsy nature shit like we went kayaking we went biking around Stanley Park mm-hmm. and even here like I get a lot of the same similar vibes it's just a bigger like it's just more of a metropolitan city more concentrated I find more but, than Vancouver? like here's the thing about Vancouver I find it so spread out that's true it's just like it never ends there's not like one skyline exactly there's like six different ones mm-hmm. and the one and main they're like one. huge condos exactly massive so seattle i feel like is a bit di- more different of a vibe i've kind of been enjoying how friendly people are here i i actually feel like people here are just more willing to just openly chat with a stranger um like i okay i'll tell you for example i'm wearing this shirt right now i don't know what, what it says mean? Coupe de Foudre I have no idea what it meant I just thought it was a cool shirt when I bought it literally like it's not that deep I'm that's gonna cool. I'm gonna Google translate do it that. and I literally I'm like I just wore the shirt today I didn't put any thought into it Bantu when I tell you I wrote it on my phone because this is something it means love at first sight okay I guess that's <laughs> what it means I had at least seven people today just walking around being a tourist while you were at work mm-hmm stop me and ask me what does your shirt mean like that's weird for you yeah people don't do that in canada they maybe two (laughs) maybe one or two odd people i had a construction worker stop working came out of his truck and like all this shit Mm -hmm. hey hey you i'm like oh what's this guy want come here come here i'm like yo what's up he's like what's your shirt mean (laughs) i don't know what it means i'm sorry bro I, I was at the museum. The mm-hmm. lady there, bro, she would not stop talking about it. People are chatty here. Very chatty. Sometimes a homeless I prefer person. to work from home because they're so chatty. <laughs> homeless dude is on the ground tweaking. Out yeah. here tweaking, like shaking and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm walking by him. 
He's not saying anything to anybody who walked by before. He's like, hey, what's your shirt mean? I'm like, what does everyone <laughs> care what my shirt means? I'm at a, I'm at a gift shop uh, just buying a little shot glass because I'm basic. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the lady there is like, oh, what what's your shirt mean? I'm like, Dude, three, there's like four other stories. Like, why are all these people talking to me? I have no problem with it. I, I liked it. People are chatty. And the thing is, Seattle is actually one of the least um, outwardly friendly cities in the U.S. Outwardly? Yeah. We're considered to be more reserved. Okay. So what you're experiencing right now would be, like, extreme if you went to a completely other town. Like uh, Like Texas. If I went down to Texas, you'd think they'd be friendly? Yeah, more friendly. I'm brown, though. Even still, there's... (laughs) That makes no difference. I think you're Mexican. There's a ton of Mexicans in Texas. Yeah, and um, aren't Mexicans treated like a little differently? I think what you see in the news is always um, exaggerated. Well, not exaggerated, but it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't. Your, tell it's not the your day to day life. Oh, okay. So. Okay. No, I feel uh, like if you're a brown person and you went to Texas, yes you do have to be worried about people with guns and same in Seattle, mm-hmm. but people don't talk about that. Like the overall stereotype that you have of these cities are just painted by what you see on the news. Right. I mean, yeah, but I think it's more than just the news. Like, I think it's just what I know about like Texas. Yeah. And it's just like, it's basically like a lot of the states in the U S I find like, it's not the United States. Like, you don't think so? No, like, I, f- I feel like, I, and that sounds controversial, but what I mean by that is, like, every state is almost like its own little country. Like, you can't tell me that um, Washington State and Florida are the same exact country. No. If you're no. anywhere else in the world, those are two different countries. Well, Am I right? We have different like, culture. Like, pretend it's, pretend it's I Europe. But I do think the United States is, it's relatively um, united, which is kind of... Um, repetitive but we are i think we are united given yeah the diversity and the size that we have because when the i size leave, is a big thing like that, when i leave yeah. the u.s i bond with other americans very easily whether they're from texas or north carolina or wherever they're from we have similar values we're all friendly mm-hmm. we're not awkward americans are known to not be awkward um that's like a cultural thing that we all have yeah but so, what's wait how do you define being awkward if someone were to ask you, what does your shirt mean? And imagine that you were like, I don't want to put stereotypes. No, someone from like Northern Europe and you're not used to someone asking you, like a random stranger asking you a question. How would you react? Um, if I'm not used to it, yeah, I would just be like weirded out by You'd it. You'd be weirded yeah. out. But I would be like, oh, I don't know what it is. Let me check it out and see what it is. And then I like have this like ch- like a conversation with someone. That's what like, I did I, with I all these people. Conver- <laughs> but that's not really normal. Yeah, it's not, so, I guess. With other countries. But that's I would true. say I one thing that I... guess that's a North I, American thing as well because Canadians are that way as well. Canadians are that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're super friendly. Like, yeah. we'll... Especially if we find out you're Canadian. Because now it's like, especially when you're traveling, mm-hmm. it's like this weird bond. I find it the weirdest I didn't, thing. I, okay, when I was on exchange, I thought Canadians were the least united people, and I thought that it was whack. How, how do you mean, like, 
I would there say people. So there were some us. people from Vancouver, and they were a little bit different than you. Like uh-huh. I feel like your culture is probably similar to Toronto fair, culture. Fair, yeah. And then you have the people from Quebec, and you're then you're right. like, oh yeah, we're all Canadian. But then, <laughs> you're what right. do you guys unite on? Oh, you're you guys right. were very like. No, we are very si- different. Like siloed. We are very siloed. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You know what? I have to change what I said because, like, <laughs> like by that definition, you're right. But. I don't think it was that we didn't get along. I think we actually all did get of along course, pretty yeah. well. But I think you, it did was, you feel unified by like no, a central like? No, I, I didn't. But yeah. that's because we're all immigrants, anyways. Yeah. Like that's what Canada's built on, and that's almost what. And I feel like Canada, you guys like immigrants in Canada don't don't really assimilate to a culture. Not that's fully. That's what I noticed. Never fully. But immigrants in the U.S. assimilate to something like whether it be being more competitive or the american dream baby yeah i noticed that american immigrants <laughs> yeah. or like immigrants that come to the u.s oh they, they buy in yeah yeah they're bought definitely. in my parents are completely bought in they're mm-hmm. like why would you ever leave this country no but I, then when I, I look at my cousins in canada they're still somewhat yeah like holding on to their culture yeah 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 so they haven't really assi- but like what are they assimilating to maple here's, syrup here's the <laughs> thing about canada it's like so big and our population yeah. is so small like you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that uh, Canada's population is smaller than California so yep. it's kind of hard to like take a Newfoundler, Newfoundlander and compare him to someone who's working on the oil sands in Alberta and compare that person with uh, someone who lives like in the Yukon territories or someone who's out here in like Nunavut to someone from Vancouver, Toronto but I mean do you, Quebec I City like, are these there, are, are all there core, different like values that you learn in school about your country take care of the person next to you and always treat them like with okay. respect and dignity i think that's something that we have that on is america you guys do we yeah. do we like like straight up not to make it like an america versus canada thing but like generally speaking like no one's gonna go out of their way to make someone's day worse in canada we mm. care about taking care of each other so much that we have single pair health care like we have like our universal health care i guess mm-hmm. is what you call it um we don't have we don't have a lot of the things that it, it's unfair to make it like canada versus america in the sense that um the problem with comparing it is like the population size like we have such a small yeah, population it's not a comparison, it's, not a comparison. No. it's like comparing norway to canada yes that's you, actually something i get very frustrated with when it comes to liberals you can't compare it there's no, like five million people there you can't there's like none and like everyone's like norway's the best place in the world i'm like it's great and it's fantastic and i love it and they they can do things that other countries can't because a they're so wealthy and b mm-hmm. um, they're homogenous they're very homogenous and yeah. you see the blowback when they when now that things are changing yeah people are extremely upset and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who love that kind of um uh protectionism policy yeah. and, and uh you know close your borders and and uh you know let's keep it the way it is kind of thing the um, way that norway is with immigrants is that they're okay with them as long as they completely assimilate yeah. So I actually met an Ethiopian Norwegian when I was there who mm-hmm. had moved when he was I think like 5 or 5 to 7 like that age range. Yeah. And he said like this was early 2000s. He was like the country was super welcoming. We had like a whole party um and they brought in like an Ethiopian singer. Yeah. So there's the arms wide open. Yeah. But at the same time he he is very Norwegian. 
to the point where like yeah, full out full out Norwegian and he even said <laughs> that he feels uncomfortable in environments where he's with all like, black people or all Ethiopians because he's just so accustomed to being like n- Norwegian only environments and when I was on exchange it was like I was a month in not even well I was like two months into my travels and I really missed Ethiopian food Ooh. like I missed it so much and I actually got Ethiopian food with him and I was like don't you ever miss it he's like no not really like I get Ethiopian food maybe a couple times a year <laughs> I'm like what that's crazy and he was in the Norwegian army so he lived oh. up in Tromso yeah and you know in the Nor- Norwegian army they teach you how to ski and shoot rifles yeah like that was something that like, he did and I'm like I th- like I can't imagine an Ethiopian immigrant yeah. moving to the U.S. and like assimilating to that extent. Wow. Ever. I've been exposed to that because my uh, I have a lot of family in Norway. Actually, mm-hmm. like my um, on my dad's side, his late brother and uh, older sister as well. Um, they moved to Norway at a not a young age, but you know when they're starting their lives and whatnot. And my dad's sister. So there's four of them total. Uh, my my dad's other sister, the younger one, she moved to Canada. Okay. So it just kind of made sense for him to c- be in Canada. Mm-hmm. Or why would you leave the sister alone? You know, because Indian culture, it's very like, if you're the woman, you go with your man. Okay. Wherever, and you know, my aunt, my dad's sister, uh, her husband, so my uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, sorry to do that whole <laughs> dance, but you know what I mean. Um, he was from like his whole family was already in Canada so that's like the story for why I'm brought up not Norwegian and I Uh I could have so easily it could have been such an easy decision for me Mm -hmm. to be completely brought up a Norwegian like would you have wanted to no 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 I don't (laughs) I don't have any regrets I don't have any anything in my life where I feel like I wish that did not happen at all no Mm -hmm. no no it's not like that is that why you chose to go on exchange there it, it played a part, but it wasn't why. Like, why is I've always liked Norway. I've been there before, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, because I have family there, and, like, I told you about one of my cousins, and I have a bunch of cousins there. Yeah. But they're so different than us yeah. Canadians. Because I only have a few cousins in Canada. And Do you feel like they're less Indian? No, I don't, I don't uh, think there's, like, a spectrum of less or more Indian. What I actually think is they're just very Norwegian. Okay. They're just very Norwegian. In every sense. More so than you are Canadian. I think I'm as Canadian as it comes, but I wasn't born there. That doesn't really (laughs) make a difference. I think it does. Well, how old were you when you moved? One. Okay, yeah, you're basically Canadian. I am basically Canadian, but I'm not like... Where you're born doesn't really have that much of an impact of... Uh, I don't know. I, I disagree. I still have like a connection with India. You know that okay. if you're born, if like my younger brother doesn't, he has he doesn't care at all about mm-hmm. learning about India or wanting to go there or wanting to speak the language. Me, I make an effort to connect with my roots and know where I'm from, and I go visit, and I have so much family there, and like I I really try my best to like um, keep it. Really, like I think it's important to know your roots and where you're from and stuff yeah. like that. So. Uh, I'm. I think I'm very Canadian in uh, like 99% of ways. Honestly, I'm Canadian. But 
I don't think there's like more or less. I just think they're very Norwegian. And it's funny because <laughs> it, it's like there'll be moments when I just feel like they're so Norwegian. Like they won't talk for the sake of talking. They won't just fill silence by talking with talk because to them it's not awkward just being silent to Canadians and North Americans it can be construed as yo like you're thinking like yo maybe this person doesn't fuck with me maybe they don't have anything they want to say to me maybe they don't relate to me I don't know we think like kind of things if you're if you're with a friend and they're not talking to you you're, you're kind of like yo what's wrong what's going on yeah whereas them they're completely content with just saying hi you know do you do your little small talk you could talk a little bit but then just just quiet just peace and i'm just like yo like should we like do something that's weird to me like i feel like it's weird when you meet new people Mm -hmm. and you're not like asking them questions like you're not getting to know them right and you're sitting in silence that is awkward but and i feel like you can't argue against awkward that. to us to them it's awkward like is that awkward wh- to not want to get to know someone no but to them it's not about getting to know it's like yo like norwegian people in general how i found is they're fine answering your questions they're just and this is all general painting, by the way. You can't what about when they're drunk? I would say when they're drunk, they're complete different people. Completely they're different. They're like your best friend. They become your best friend. I made it's so... It's like they're holding <laughs> in for so long. Like, oh my gosh, I wanted to get to know you and finally I can talk to you. Oh my God, that's a fact. Yeah. I think you just spit facts. Like, that's actually a fact. Like, yo, Norwegian people, when they get drunk, which is kind of often... They uh, drink a lot. They drank, yo. They fucking open up like... Of, like the floodgates open up they'll i made so many best friends in the bathroom i made club. so many best friends <laughs> in the lineup to a bar i made so many best friends just like they'll hear my accent and not mm-hmm. figure it out because like why is this brown guy speaking like he's from america it's like you're wrong on so many levels but okay and I, i'll talk and they'll just be so intrigued like oh yeah you, you uh, canadians they smoke weed right like the, this and that like all these like, that's questions. a stereotype of canadians to to probably the demographic okay. i was talking to okay, yeah okay. <laughs> probably yeah it's like oh justin trudeau like weed like because at the time it was becoming legal right mm-hmm. it's the only country like in the world to it's do that legal, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than uruguay shout out uruguay um but yeah anyways like all that to say like norwegians i don't actually agree with the characterization that they're cold um but me having cousins and and like actual like people like blood like relatives who i'm close to and shout out to any of them if they're listening to this this far into the podcast but um like i just find that it's different communicating with them and like sometimes it takes a substance or two to just get like loose and get just like to that next level of that like you know other than just the small talk i would say they're they're very inclusive so i remember people always talking to me in norwegian up until i said that i didn't understand them mm-hmm. like their first instinct was like let me talk to you and norwegian because we're in norway but that's what i loved about them is then they'd go speak english with you they what? They would go speak English with you. But only when you asked. Only when you asked, yeah. And I remember, like, being in duty-free and, like, buying alcohol because it was cheaper there and handing them my U.S. passport 
duh, I'm not Norwegian, right? Like, I'm giving you my passport. Yeah. And they would still talk to me in Norwegian. Oh like, that, that level of inclusivity is insane. I'd be like, no, I don't understand you. But in other places, they would just automatically... Like, other places in Europe, English. Yeah, just Straight default setting. Like, default we set. don't have time for that. <laughs> well, the thing is, in Norway, they're also still trying to keep that alive because that language is dying. It's not very useful anywhere else on the planet, right? I don't think it's dying. I think it's just not useful. I think it's it's. I think they fear it's dying. I remember having really? a conversation with uh, with someone about this, and it's like legit a thing. It's like yeah. Like there are Norwegians that do not speak Norwegian. No, they do, but they all have different dialects. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that like someone from this area speaks very different than this area, and then this area they can't even understand what this area is saying. It's like that's what? the same thing with English. That is the same thing with English, but we like I don't and know. And Spanish. Yes, and, and any French. major, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, but they feel like theirs is not French, <laughs> English, Spanish. Where else in the world do you speak Norwegian? Nowhere. Exactly. So they feel like if they don't protect the language, if they don't use it, because uh, here's one thing. I'll give you an example. When I was talking to this guy, he was telling me like, yo, we're worried about um, words that we grew up using are now no longer being used because we're instead just using the English word. Because, oh, wow. Because it's easier. Because everyone understands the English word. So they mix in English with their Norwegian. And I don't they think that don't means like our language that. is dying. I think it's just evolving. Okay. Because well, English has a lot of words that are from different languages. Yeah, no, I get that. But I don't think the language... Maybe dying is not the right word, but they... like. I talked to a few of them who think that yo, Norwegian is just not what it used to be. Like, you can't, like, this language might not be the same five years from now. Like, we're so influenced by the West. We love I feel like Western. there needs to be, I think there are probably, like, ongoing studies about how with globalization, English is just becoming more and more dominant. But that's something that you just can't get around with. You can't get around it. I mean, everyone who comes from a country that does not, natively speak English if they want to make it outside of their native country they have to speak English like yeah. think of it this way like in what other instance this may be ignorance but in what other instance do you meet like a Russian who's makes friends with a French person what are they going to speak to each other I English yeah so it's just with more traveling more globalization the go-to lingua franca is English and I found it so funny when we were on exchange that people who spoke Quebecois French and people who spoke France French. What, they, what's their, what do they go to speak if they can't understand each other? English. They went to English. Yeah. It, it killed me. I remember being at one of those kitchen parties, one of those fa famous uh, dorm kitchen parties that we had and literally watching like someone from France and someone from um, Quebec not be able to understand each other but they're speaking the same language default to English and it put, they both sounded horrible speaking English, but it worked. But worked. they understood each other. <laughs> but it worked. And English is a language where, like, you have any kind of accent in it, you can still, like, no one's going to penalize you. That's true. That's like, true. Like, it's, my parents speak English to me, and they have an accent. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. am I, do you speak to your parents in English? Yeah, I do. Did it ever occur to you how odd that is? It wasn't until I studied abroad where, like, I came back home and I was like, I speak to my parents in a language that's not their native tongue. 
I, I, Isn't that bizarre to you? I, I've always known it's bizarre, and that's because I when I was a kid, they tried speaking Punjabi with me. Okay. And I never did. You respond in English? I'd respond in English. So I, you know, this I is, did that too. This is how it manifested now. I understand the language completely. But you can't speak it? But I can't speak it. Oh, no, I can. Okay. But, like, basic, bare bones, like, like I'll survive. And if you drop me in Punjab right now with nobody mm-hmm. who speaks English, I'll survive. I will not thrive. I will be made fun of. I stick out like a sore thumb and I'll fuck up all the grammar. Like like yeah. the little nuances because the language of Punjabi, it's like you've heard Hindi, right? Yeah. And it just sounds kind of sweet and pretty. Hindi and, is pretty, yeah. And just nice. It just... It rolls off the tongue nice. It mm-hmm. just sounds like, even if you're like upset at somebody, it just sounds like, like, uh, like it's just nice. It's just nice. You I know? grew up watching Bollywood movies. Yeah, so you know, it just sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, Punjabi is the opposite. Punjabi took Hindi, and this is no disrespect to Punjabis out there. I am one, so I can say this. But it just, the whole language is slang. 80% of the language is just like, slang hindi it's just like you took hindi. are they related to each other like is, is there an overlap there is an overlap okay. yeah it's very similar like it's basically a lot of the same words but jumbled up in a different order and a, so and the, the grammar word, is very different uh, yeah and and the words sound different so punjabi is very i find informal it's extremely just like how you doing lad like how you doing buddy like what's going on what can i do you for like as opposed to like you talk to a british person like like oh to how can i be of service like Mm -hmm. you're saying the same thing yeah but it just sounds very different so i i never liked punjabi i never liked the language i'm like do you understand any hindi yeah i understand most of hindi okay yeah but when I went to India, I learned how much Hindi I don't know because there's so <laughs> many dialects and there's so yeah. many, like, there's, then there's Urdu and then there's, like, all kinds of different, like, languages yeah. that sound very similar, but they're not. So in not. India, they speak to each other in English, right? Like, if you're in an instance where someone is, like, from the South and yeah. doesn't speak Hindi and, like, you're Punjabi, mm-hmm. what do you speak? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question okay. because... India has 22 official languages and if you go from let's say Seattle to Vancouver you'll see a completely different uh, language Mm -hmm. culture, religion, food dialect completely different just from that distance like one city to town completely different like so it's like I can't speak for India in that <laughs> regard because it's like so such a melting pot. You have Gujaratis and Tamil and and uh, you have Muslims living with with uh, Hindus, but they Ethiopia hate each other. Ethiopia is very similar. There's y- eighty different languages. Eighty. And there's there's all three Abrahamic religions, Holy and there's shit. also like a native religion. Yeah. So you're telling... It's very similar. It's like, it m- kind of mirrors India. Where so you're telling me there's languages. a bunch of Jewish people in Ethiopia? Not a bunch. I think it's like 2%. That's still crazy. Yeah, there are Jewish people there, like, ethnically, like, native Jewish or whatever. That's crazy. Um, Let's switch gears a bit. 
We're uh, about an hour in, if you can believe oh, it. I now I see why these are so long. Yeah, see, you're just We can talking. switch gears to work, so... That's, what, that's, what, that's where I'm heading, I was yeah. on... So I work for Accenture, and I was on a technology project. And Accenture has, like, five different... So tell it's, us, it's a tell giant us what company. you work for Accenture for, as. What do so you do? So I work as a consulting, like a management consulting analyst, which is kind of broad, um, within their digital space. Right. So I work on digital transformations. Um, I'm focused more on digital customer experience projects and digital marketing. Nice. Tell me about that a bit more. So like, I recently switched gears into this work. Mm-hmm. But when I started, I was a regular, regular management consulting analyst without like a specialization. And I was on a technology project. Uh-huh. So when I say technology, it means like the Accenture branch of technology. So we have, it's a giant company. I think you probably are familiar with how big it is. It's yeah, 485,000 Accenture is big and it's worldwide. <laughs> like for people listening yeah. who, are, who are not familiar, it's like, you know, one of the, one of the top management consulting firms yeah. on the planet. It's huge. Like you're just like a drop in the water. Um, so we have five different businesses within Accenture. Uh-huh. So right now I'm within Accenture Digital, which okay. is one of the newest ones. And then Accenture Strategy mm-hmm. exists. And there's Accenture Technology, Accenture Consulting, and then Operations. And then we have a, another branch for government work, so Accenture Federal Services. But <laughs> I like went into consulting because I had no clue what I wanted to study. Well, no, sorry, what I wanted to work in. I had no clue. I had like zero idea and they're like this is perfect for you no one in consulting knows what they want to do and <laughs> that's why I was so when it, for my first project exactly for my <laughs> first project i didn't know what i didn't want and so they were i got really like encouraged to start like to be a systems integration consultant for an sap <laughs> implementation project okay and i didn't even know what sap was okay i googled i googled like what is sap this is when I already said yes to it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I just need to work. Like, I hated being on the bench. Like, being on the bench yeah. is, it's like you have a job and you're getting paid the same amount, but you don't have, like, actual work. Yeah. But, like, you have, like, you know, ethics training that you could do or, like, networking, whatever. But it's not 40 hours of the week. Yeah. So I was like, get me off of this. I hate being on the bench. It just drives me crazy. So I was like, get me on the next project that's available. And it was, and it was a role that was above like an analyst level. Okay. And so a systems integration consultant. I was like, what is systems integration? <laughs> and so I like, had to learn literally on the job. And I was there for 10 months. I did I did great. And people were like shocked when I told them like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And they're yeah. like, they staffed you in a position that you didn't know you were doing? And like, it's consulting. My and there's cousin, so many funny memes that are like, yeah. oh, we're bringing in an expert, you know? And it's like an analyst. But you get the job being able to learn on the feet, like on your feet and learn very quickly and just so that's, execute. That's exactly what my cousin tells me, the really? one that you know about who also mm-hmm. works at um, Accenture. She's always telling me like, look, it might look like I know what I'm talking about and I've got it all figured out. And yeah. like, I'm, you know, I can make a deck about anything at any yeah. time. And like, yeah, I, you can. I can present about anything at any time. Mm-hmm. She's like, no one does. Literally, you just know enough. <laughs> no, she says fake it till you make it is literally <laughs> her career. And I'm like, yo, you're lying because you're incredibly smart. You have so much like talent at this. And she's like, no, man. Like, yeah, obviously you learn stuff and you get better at things. Mm-hmm. And 
there's a skill set involved but that's secondary to just having the confidence to you said yes when you clearly were not qualified to say yes you were just like fuck it give me this challenge that's how I'm i am with my life out. though i'm like i'll just do it and i'll figure it out like i joined my company's softball team yeah had never like never hit a ball in my life in softball but i'm like i'll figure it out that speaks to a lot of like who you are as a person so let's switch gears a little bit from the consulting and talking about work and kind of we got to wrap this up soon because we're over an hour and 10 minutes, but let's just talk about um, you as a person. And, you know, I've always found you super interesting because you are um, not only all about, you know, navigating um, through corporate America and just trying to figure things out and, you know, mm-hmm. pursue what, you know, your passions are, but you also are trying to figure out, you know, how to live a balanced life where you're... Mm. I think you said a free spirit. Yep. And, um, you know, you you do that through travel. You talk about, you know, wanting to, um, you know, wanting to figure out what it is you really want to, yeah. you know, serve the world with. And so how, like, I don't know, I'm trying to phrase the question in a way where you can answer it, not just open-endedly, but <laughs> like, um, what does that mean to you being, like, free-spirited and, like, so, trying to balance all this? I'm from Portland, Oregon that answers your question i'm kidding um so no one works no one really like works in corporate america in portland oregon it's always like career changers or like uh-huh. alternative livers except for like nike and intel like that's in portland but that's it uh-huh. and my parents own their own business yep. so they've never had to answer to anyone in corporate america which is kind of hard because i can't ask them questions they have absolutely no idea what i deal with at work uh. um but they're able to make their own schedule yeah so they work long hours in the summer they have like a couple months off in the winter like they just live their life and that's like really normal in portland yeah so whenever i go back and i tell people about my job they have they don't know like they don't under like what's accenture to them they, they don't know what's going on yeah so you know, i live in seattle and there's like big companies up here and it's super corporate or yeah. whatever but like at my heart like at my core i want to be able to be flexible you want to be an entrepreneur i would love to be an entrepreneur but i also like the flexibility that i get with consulting flexibility to do what i can work remotely i get like a decent amount of pto you can work remotely if you work for yourself that's true but i don't know what i want to do that's a big thing that's a big question and it's also a huge risk to work for yourself it is but i don't know i'm kind of like i've been thinking about this a lot because i think i i know i'm deep down i'm wired for that some people are like I could never imagine my dad working in corporate America I just cannot like I can't picture it he's just always worked for himself and that's just who he is that's dope that you know that you know it could be in you that's not to say there's anything actually wrong with working in corporate like you say you there is some bullshit that you have to deal with and some politics but (laughs) politics a lot of drama a lot of (laughs) stuff and like a lot of backbiting a lot of promotions and like um, and I as a person of color too you're just like kind of side-eyeing like okay yeah i see how it is here <laughs> yeah but all that to say like what kind of things are you doing i love food you love food okay I, like my dream like imagine if i were to imagine myself having unlimited money mm-hmm. i would go to cooking school cooking school for like maybe a year to become a master chef okay and then open up a restaurant in some like tiny town like a vacation town somewhere Maybe in South America or some island and nope. just like run a restaurant. Would it be coast. Ethiopian? It would be fusion. Fusion. 
It would have like Ethiopian <laughs> spices. Dope. But it would be like a fusion restaurant. I would love to do that. Like, I like that. Actually, this weekend I met this man from Ber- like from Berlin, Germany. I was at a bar in New York, and we had like my group of friends went out to the food carts there, and somehow this ger- this group of Germans, like three of them, started talking to us. And he's like, oh, I got you guys a cheeseburger. I don't know how. I don't know how that happened. You know when you're drunk and like, you just meet people. And I was like, okay, so why are you in New York? And he was like, oh, I'm, like, I'm doing research on different kinds of foods for my restaurants in Berlin. And I was like, that's a job? You can just travel and like get inspiration of other cuisines to go back to your restaurant. Like, like that's an actual job. Hire me. I had this thought today when I was eating at a restaurant because I was thinking about doing a mini YouTube video podcast, like not review on it, but just like, yo, I'm here in Seattle. I'm about to hit up this dank ass. What was it called? Skillet? Skillet? I'm about to hit up this dank place on a recommendation of my friend and oh here's my food here it is okay look at this like look at this shit like have you heard of anthony bourdain i love him so anthony bourdain like he literally traveled the world for those who don't know he's like you have to see his seattle episode i think i might have seen it maybe no i don't no no you should watch it and his one in ethiopia is really good too so i love this guy because he would literally just go to a country and be, be in with the locals that it's is not my like dream he, job like what his i want to yes. do that <laughs> he literally wouldn't like go in and not it's not like he would just hit up the okay i'm going to four tourist attractions and i'm going to go to the best restaurant uh no. on yelp he'd go he to a hole in, in the wall he goes to the village <laughs> he'd go in the village he'd cook he'd cook like a lot he'd hunt he'd kill something eat that later and that he never night stole a spotlight either never it wasn't about shine. him it wasn't it was, about him that w- that's honestly what i love the most about him because i feel like with a lot of those travel shows they hey make guys, it about themselves oh me no Subscribe he really highlights like the <laughs> yeah. chefs or like the influencers that he connects with in those in those countries you know he gives a stage for other people r.i.p r.i.p anthony yeah. bourdain Super I haven't sad. been able to watch any of his episodes since then. Uh, I I appreciate it a lot. I think you know it's it's hard because you think about him no longer being here and how he went out and it's super sad. But um, it, to me, it reminded me that even though you can have this seemingly perfect life of yeah. of um, you know travel and excess and you know literally can get anything he wanted at any time and have such a great f- group of friends and go through so much and still have your demons yeah still at the end of the day he killed himself and that's you know that's unfortunate the world lost a a great person but i appreciate um like what he did give in his life so i don't know how we got to that but you should pursue your passion Fonte. you should like try to see if okay like if i'm into food what can i do now like obviously i'm not just gonna quit my job and like <laughs> just start rating food or whatever because you know there's no market for that um there is there totally is there is but a billion other people are doing exactly. that uh, who's gonna pay your bills like you're not gonna be able to live here anymore no no nope. um, i'll tell you that you won't be able to live the lifestyle that you live um, not saying you're like bougie or anything. Like literally, just you know, you won't be able to do the things that you want to do because someone has to pay the bills. And yeah. so it's almost like trying to figure out what are, what are the 
what are some of the things I really do enjoy? And, yo, it might not pay, but what are some things that I can do every week or every month, whether it be a food blog or, like, a... I want to become a better chef. You know, become a better chef and maybe... Maybe you record that process. Maybe you... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I feel like it's answers. a rare trait in our generation to be able to cook. And to I, cook? I can cook because yeah, I yeah. learned it from my mom. Mm-hmm. I was very observant in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, like more so than my sister. Like, I learned a lot of things from her. But I didn't learn how to cook, like, in a structured format. Like, I want to take a class where I could learn all the basics. Yeah. Because my mom, she eyed, all, she eyed everything. Oh, like, yeah. Which is obvious. It works, but it drove me crazy because oh, I want, like, consistency. <laughs> my mom, literally, <laughs> I called her up to ask, like, how to make something. And she would just be like, oh, just put a pinch of this and a little bit of no, this. No, no. I... It drove me crazy. Like, not don't tell me pinch. Tell me like how many. How many freaking teaspoons, teaspoons do I need to put? It's like, yeah. I don't, we don't have measuring cups. I want to standardize house. my mom's recipes. Like that is on my to-do list. That'd be a great thing to do, actually, because you know those recipes are you want to pass them down. You know, yeah. Th- those are like, that's concrete yeah. shit. Anyways, Vontu, this has been amazing. I feel like yeah. we could probably do this for hours, but. Um, <laughs> we already we're gonna do rapid fire now yeah we okay. we lost uh we lost video halfway through this so you i couldn't think, see us anyways i think this might just be the audio podcast That's, <laughs> we could post some of the pictures i took earlier yeah yeah time. i'm not i'm not actually too worried about where it. do you post your videos on youtube oh i didn't even know you had a youtube i've only seen like the spotify podcast and your instagram yeah no like i'm on all platforms now uh subscribe now if you're listening (laughs) no but uh if you if you want to find me i'm literally on like tell me how you listen to a podcast i'll i'll be on it if i'm not then i will get on it just for you (laughs) but let's move on to our lightning round before i let you go um, are these the same questions that you have no not for everyone i kind of okay. i kind of like i this is very low effort though okay like so don't judge me because they're not meant to be that deep um <laughs> but if you could live in one city in the usa outside of seattle where would it be oh my gosh what kind of question is that there's no better place um new york new york love it What's one thing you always find yourself doing to unwind after a long, hard day at work? Damn. I can skip it. No, I have that. It's like deep. Okay, let me think. I would say listening to podcasts. Yeah? Yeah. Is there one in particular you listen to other than mine, of course? (laughs) I really like Unladylike. Okay. And Small Doses by Amanda Seals. So I'll listen to that while I'm cooking. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I really am interested by hearing uh, how people consume their podcast, not only what they listen to. That's Driving cool too. and cooking. Yeah, that, that's I actually dope. don't listen to music, which is kind of weird. No, it's not weird because you're being, you're like <laughs> tripling, 3Xing your productivity. I love it. Uh, I started recently doing it at the gym as well because I love okay. listening to music at the gym. But. I'm like, yo, what if I just throw on a podcast? You can. It's better. Um, what I is can't do that. Sweaty ears. <laughs> what is the... <laughs> why don't you just get, like, over-ear headphones? Oh, no, that's gross. Like the thing you're wearing right now? I don't know if I could actually run with these on my ears. I'll try. Uh, what is the number one... Uh, oh, no, okay, yeah. What is the number one thing people misunderstand about you? Like, okay. um, you know... 
maybe it could be like who you are or what you're all about, where you're from, something like that. So I think people assume that I'm difficult, but I'm just passionate. Love it. Like I'm not hard to work with. I just need reasoning and I can, I'm not as judgmental as I seem. Like I don't care as much as it looks like I care. Like I want things to be done the best way that it can be done. Like at work, people think, oh, you're being difficult. I'm like, I just want the good product to come out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't answer. want to half-ass anything. Great answer. You're yeah. not You're not just going to um, bullshit something that has your name on it. I like exactly. that. What's one piece of advice you'd give to 17-year-old self? Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. I was not distracted. Uh-huh. Okay, for myself, Yourself. I would say, for myself, I would say don't take it too seriously. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah live a little yeah because it's like yeah, i'd be like a live a little because you're gonna get burnt out when you're 23 <laughs> last question and it's uh really not that deep of a question but what's the best late night food eats in the seattle area seattle dogs seattle dogs they're hot dogs like there's like little stands everywhere like especially outside of bars where uh-huh. they sell hot dogs Damn. a lot of them are actually okay almost all of them are kosher or halal okay and they put cream cheese on the bun and that makes it a seattle dog i've never heard of seattle dog they're bomb yeah there there was like a phase where like i had to have one every time i went out i might have to hit one tonight and i find this so interesting like every city like i go to they have the kind of their own late night food like in 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 ottawa it's shawarma or putin or like um, you know something super greasy most places have pizza blah 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 but Seattle hot dog. I love mm-hmm. it. Yep. I, w- I would end this podcast no other way. Um, thank you so much for being my first um, travel podcast guest. Thanks for having me out here in your beautiful city. Uh, I wish I could stay for longer. Wish we could talk for longer. But uh, just remember, it's not that deep. And <laughs> thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed that conversation with Bantu and despite some technical challenges, I still thought the podcast went great and uh, if you enjoyed this kind of content, consider contributing to my Patreon page, subscribing, rating, liking, or just hitting my line. Remember, it's not that deep.